What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And we hope that this podcast helps you move forward in faith wherever and whoever you are. Okay, so let's get into today's conversation. Hey everybody, my name is John. And I'm Noelle. And you are listening to The Transformation Podcast. The Transformation Podcast is a new podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City Church exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And we just want to take some time to really thank all of you for listening. Well, our listener for listening. We want to make sure that when you listen to our podcast, you subscribe and leave a review. Yes. Five stars, maybe, Noel. Oh, yeah, obviously. Only I, if you like it. Yes. Only, only if it's for you. Five stars and a nice comment about us. <laughs> <laughs> please. Exactly. Please. Exactly. Noel. Only nice things. Noel, welcome. Welcome back to the show today. Thank you. Uh, I s- want to start with a question for you. Oh, okay. Um, Actually, it's perfect since what was just happening before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Noel, are you a reader? Yes, I am. Yeah, I w- am. What? So, what kind of books? What kind of books are you reading? So, I'm actually more of a fiction reader. Okay. Um, I like to read various stories, diverse stories, and then I like to read books about um, self development, self improvement, mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. But I love, I love fiction, and actually. I was raised by teachers. My aunts are, my family is full of teachers. And so um, I love to collect children's books. Oh, that's fun. Fun fact, actually. Like culturally relevant children's books. So I've been reading them for a long time. I love a good children's book. I I do as well. So do you ever venture into the world of biography at all? You ever read Mm. a biography? Listen to one maybe? I actually that's that's <laughs> fine <laughs> I honestly as much I, as i should i should say i have started infinitely more biographies than i have finished in my life mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i they're very long usually and get into the nitty-gritty details that i'm not as interested in with mm-hmm. the person you yes, know what i mean i'm yes. like give me the cliff notes yeah the reason that i ask is because over the course of the next several weeks on this podcast we are going to be discussing a version of a biography. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, last week at our church at Soul City, we started a 10-week teaching series. 10 weeks, Noel. 10 weeks. We've never done it before. Yes. 10 full weeks where we're walking through uh, the Gospel of Mark. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Gospels, for those of you who don't know, there's four of them that appear in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the easiest way, I think, to describe them for, you know, a contemporary listener is they are ancient biographies Mm -hmm. of the life, death, and spoiler alert, resurrection of Jesus. Yes. Uh, And so what we're going to be doing over the next, you know, several weeks uh, in our church services, we're going to have teaching surrounding the gospel of Mark, but most of our conversations here on the podcast are going to center on this biography of Mark, which is one I have read all the way through. It's one of the Mm -hmm. few, Mm -hmm. and it's because it is so short and so fast-paced, and we'll kind of get into the story of it and how it all works, but but that's sort of where we're headed over the next eight weeks. Where are we headed today, Noel? Well, before we get started on the text of Mark, we want to make sure we acknowledge our guest in the house. Ooh. Who could (laughs) it? In the hizzy? Who (laughs) may it be? There's been so many different guests over the past couple weeks. Oh, my goodness. Um, We are so excited to have you back again, Pastor Jarrett. I'm shocked that you had me. One of our lead pastors. To mm-hmm. be here. I'm honored. Thank you for flying me in. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. I really, especially with the blizzard and the snow and the cold, 
that my people found a way to get me here. Hey. I'm incredibly grateful. <laughs> we do what we can. We do what no, we can. No, we're so excited. And I, I really think it's so unique to hear your voice in a different way on this platform and get to know your humor a little bit better for those who are don't like it. You wanted me to use like an accent or a different voice? Oh, can what, what accents do you know? Nope. That's none of this is going to end what? well. What? <laughs> none of this will end well. Oh my. How can you offer that up? Well, I was just trying like to clarify when you said my voice. So no, sure. your voice, your perspective, okay. Okay. your thoughts. Okay. So we thank you so much. We appreciate you being here. And one of my questions was, I always think leadership is hard, I'm assuming, right? It can be. Yeah, it can be hard, of course, rewarding as well. But how is like a church community, how is um, the folks here at Soul City, how can we pray or be thinking about um, our leaders? That's incredibly, that's incredibly kind and thoughtful, Noel. Um, well, I mean, I would say for our whole team, our whole church mm -hmm. staff team. Yes. As everyone has been, we've been navigating the challenges of this last year and, and as they continue to roll into this year of, you know, how do we continue to be the church in a completely different context? Mm -hmm. And how do we um, take new ground that God is leading us into, um, but that may be very new to us or unfamiliar to us? So the, you know, the, the two words that keep coming up from your wisdom and courage, wisdom mm -hmm. and courage, mm -hmm. wisdom and courage, to pray for our whole staff team, um, for greater wisdom and, and a sense and dependence on Holy Spirit's promptings, leading, yeah, and then the courage to actually follow through, even if it doesn't make a ton of sense, even if it is something we've never done before. So those are probably the, the two um, that, I, that come to mind. Thank oh, you for great. asking. It's very thoughtful. Oh, you're welcome. Are you going to ask our listener to pray? <laughs> well, no, I'm going to ask our listeners. Just remember that our leaders are also navigating this crazy world. And we just thank Thanks, you Noah. for you and Jeannie's um, courage and wisdom in this season. Thank you. So, thank, you yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> you want to break down Mark for us? Uh, yeah, Josh? let's do it. So yeah. like we said, we're, we're walking through this biography, this gospel of Mark. Mm -hmm. And today, Jarrett, you taught on a small passage uh, from sort of the second half of Mark chapter two, which we're going to hear read in a second, but I'm very excited about that. <laughs> as you know, <laughs> you all, they're wait. making fun of me this because I was nervous to read on here. So we're just going to bring it to the forefront. I'm a huge fan oh of audiobooks and audible. And there's, <laughs> a, there's a level of excellence and quality that I've become accustomed to. So I'm oh expecting nothing gracious. less wow. than that today. Wow. I'm utterly embarrassed. Um. Before we get there, Noel, you can take a few deep breaths because, as as we all know, she's with any breathing into a bag right now, should we be concerned? She's she's breathing into See, a this bag. Is <laughs> <laughs> you all, I'm so sorry. I know you just fast forward through this foolishness. And the other part, the other part too, that's so fun is she's going to be reading off her phone, which is about to die. So let's keep going. Oh. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> let's let's see. I'm Everything's just. Right. I thought this was about John being made fun of. I oh, thought yeah. We sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, we, we directed Where this the is wrong this way. Going? Sorry, Noelle. I'll, I'll turn all that back John, on John. John, you know, our Bible teacher, Bible scholar here, yes. please break it down. Take it away. Take it away, down. All right. So as we all know, if with any story, uh, it's important to know kind of what has happened previously in order to understand what is currently happening. So to give you a little background on what has happened in the Gospel of Mark thus far, we're only in chapter two, but because Mark has ridiculously furious pacing, a lot has happened. So in Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus uh, get baptized by John the Baptist, which kicks off his public ministry. And so the rest of Mark chapter 1 is filled with all these different healings, and Jesus is walking around, he's doing some teaching, but mostly serving 
and healing, specifically what one scholar that I really love calls uh, the, quote, little people. Mm. He's, mm. he's specifically focusing on the poor. He's specifically focusing on the destitute and the hurting. And then once we get into chapter two, Jesus begins to have this pretty lengthy confrontation with the Pharisees, mm. which, Jarrett, can you school us on just two sentences? Who are the Pharisees? Yeah, religious leaders of the day. They were kind of the religious gatekeepers of the Jewish faith at that time. So they mm-hmm. took it all incredibly literally and had and then had added a bunch of addendums to uh, God's rule, God's way for God's people and had made it incredibly cumbersome. But they were sort of the elite of the elite of the religious leaders of the day. Yeah, so Jesus has spent a lot of time hanging out with a with one class of folks and has is now moving into a more religious, higher class of folks and is having a very different relationship to mm. them. And that's what we see here in Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Noel, you <laughs> want to read that for us? That a little scripture reading. And that was some great background. I love some good context to know where we're going today. Okay, here we go. Verse 18, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will be pulled away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the, both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. How is that? Nailed Whoa. It. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. I felt like, oh, yes, Sound fixed. Sound wow. fixed. That's a lot of <laughs> That's a lot. Of, you brought a lot of people with you today, too, which yeah. I'm uncomfortable with. We all shouldn't be this close. But Thank you, Julian. Shout out to Julian yeah. for the sound effects. Man. Thank you. I well, done. well done, Noel. Way to go, Noel. Way yes. to go. So I do have a question about this context of, one, we talked about, you know, the new wineskins, but I also wanted to bring it back to this imagery you gave us of the jeans today in terms of that old shrunken cloth. Can you break that down for the listener? Yeah, I mean, I think this is what Jesus is making here is a, a pretty powerful and distinct point. And I think it's, I want to back up a little bit. You know, John, your mm-hmm. context is super good because, yes. yeah, it's it's church folk that he has <laughs> issues with. Yeah. You know, and, and they just couldn't get that he was this new way, that, the, the, uh, that all of the old things were pointing to. Every prophecy, every, yes. all, all of the, the rules and the way that God had gave, g- given his people we're all to prepare them for Jesus. So he's here, and they still are holding on to the old ways. They're still trying to prepare for something that has just arrived. It's already yeah. here, right, right, mm. literally right in front of them. And so I, I think that that context is important because what he uses as these two metaphors are a piece of fabric that you'd sew on t- as a patch, and then he uses the wine and the wineskin. And I, I, I think what's interesting, I, I – I, I'm imagining I'm using some creative theological liberty here, but the two illustrations he gives are actually very different. One's an external thing, one's an internal thing. Mm. So he gives an example of a patch, which is an external thing that you put on, you know, you'd put on if you had a hole in your jeans or whatever, right? Right, yep, I'm looking, Noel has two <laughs> right there. And uh, so, you know, you know how it is, like when you wear 
your favorite pair of jeans, right? They're, they look awesome in the store and, and you look great and you're walking around in your jeans and eventually you have to wash them and they shrink, right? That always happens or whatever it is. So same principle applies here is that if you put a new piece of fabric onto something that's already been washed and has already shrunk, when it gets washed and it dries, it's going to shrink and it's going to pull away and pull apart what it was supposed to be doing. And then, and then he uses that imagery of the wine as well. And I talked about it in the message more, but wine wasn't kept in bottles or in boxes like we do today. It was kept in animal skins. And due to the fermentation process of wine that wine still goes through to this day, it lets out gases it, and it actually expands. And so when you put new wine into a new wine skin, it actually grows with it. And mm-hmm. so if you were to pour new wine, which hasn't gone through the fermentation process, hasn't expanded yet, into an old wineskin that already has, it's going to burst and you're going to lose both. And I just think it's masterful, masterful imagery that Jesus gives us an outer thing and an inner thing. And I think what you know he's talking about here is obviously himself, that the whole point is he is the new thing. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's no point in holding on to the old rituals that were meant to prepare you for Jesus when Jesus is here. That's what he talks about when he talks about the bridegroom is here. Like you wouldn't fast at a wedding celebration, you know, in preparation for the bride and the groom. He's like, yeah, the bridegroom is here. I'm here right now. You don't have, there's no reason to keep holding up those old ways anymore. But I also just love that it, we can take that and apply it to our lives as well. That anytime I try and put, you know, and I've done it multiple times this last year. It's like, oh man, my, my, my Corona goals, uh, I'm not even close to what I thought, you know, like back, you know, remember last year, like, it was like, okay, I'm going to have this time. This is going to be different. I'm going to read this many books or I'm going to build this thing in the yard or I'm going to, whatever it is. And you know, most of those I haven't accomplished. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with spiritual practices. If I try and put those on externally without an internal transformation from the Holy spirit, it, it's only going to be a matter of time till those pull apart, pull away from my daily life because they're not coming from that internal motivation. I'm just trying to put some things on to make me feel a certain kind of way. And with the idea of the wine is the same is true, is that if I am experiencing transformation, I am seeing that God is growing me. I am, you know, experiencing his love in a deeper way, but it doesn't make its way out to my outer life, mm. then it's missing the point as well. And so I just, to me, I just love, I mean, the you know, John's a giant Bible nerd, but the Bible nerd in me loves that idea that he uses two things. One's yeah. an external thing, one's an internal thing, and they kind of represent our outer life and our inner life and how both need to be made new for the new challenges, the new day, the new season that, that we're walking through. I love that. And what, what, so there's a million different directions. That, that's the beauty of, uh, the, you talked about being a Bible nerd. Like, I think that's the beauty of these stories is that we just read five verses and we're going to struggle to fit this conversation right. in 35 minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? And, but one direction I, I did want to go as I was listening to the teaching and reading Mark chapter two is, spoiler alert, the Pharisees don't turn to him. John's disciples don't turn to him after Jesus says this and says, oh, you're right. Good point. Mm. Good point. We should totally, you know, we right. should change everything we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should step into this new thing. No, in fact, there's a couple stories that come after this, which are examples of the Pharisees specifically, but also John's disciples holding on to these old ways, even Mm. entrenching and rooting themselves even further in the old ways, even though there's this new day that Jesus has brought in. So a question that I have been thinking about is like, for us, what do you think keeps us entrenched in our old ways? Oh, fear. Mm, Talk about Mm. that. Yeah. To me, at least for me, it's fear. I think it's, 
fear of the unknowable, fear of the uncontrollable, fear of that this will cost me more, fear that I um, will be drawn into new places that I've never been before. Fear that I will no longer fit into the community that I was maybe. in before. Yes. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, fear that I have to let go of some things that I really love holding on to or hanging yeah. on to. Absolutely. I think it, at any level of uh, spiritual transformation in my life, it, I, you know, I could, should probably think this out. But my hunch is what came before it was a great amount of resistance and fear. That, mm. man, if I, really, if I really let go, if I really trust God with this, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be on the other side. And so I, to me, I mean, when you ask that question, what kind of keeps us going back to the old ways is because they're so familiar. That's yes, like those old genes. Yeah. It's like that old wineskin. It's like, well, I know this. I mean, this, th- and this worked once. This was new once. This was, this did work. And um, so I, I'll just kind of keep going back to that well, even though, you know, I, Jesus is actually calling me out further, calling me in deeper, calling me to more. But it, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. So I'm going to stick with what I, I'm going to dance with the one that brought me, you know, I'm going to stay with the one that I've been, that I've been uh, using or, or, or practicing or holding on to for most of my life. Yeah. Can, can you grill specifically into an example from your life where, and what the fear was, you know, where, what, what was the old wineskin? What was the new? And then what was the fear that was sort of the crossing point? Um, let's see, I, well, I mean the, the, one of the biggest and most defining, and I, and I, I briefly mentioned a couple seasons where I've got spiritually stuck and had kind of crises of faith throughout my life in the message. But one of the biggest ones was starting this church. I think, you know, cause Gene and I at that point, um, had done, I don't know, 15 years of professional church work. So we knew how to be on a staff. We knew how to lead things at that level. You know, we did, we should after 15 years know, know how to do that. That's you know, not bragging. It's like, yeah, we were pretty good at what we did. But stepping out into that level of leadership and into starting something from nothing and to cashing in all that we had saved up and all that we built up to um, moving our four-year-old and our two-year-old into Humble Park here in Chicago and moving from a great house in Atlanta. Like I've told the story a million times, but I mean, th- there was so many levels and layers of fear of specifically um, how will we pay the bills? How will I have insurance? Uh, will, we, will we even have insurance? Will anyone even come? Um, what if it doesn't work? Um, what if, what if we, what if the city eats us up and spits us out? What if, you know, I mean, I could just, I could do, 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 like go through a thousand of those for you. Um, so there was significant fear there. And, and I would say, and it didn't like, once we opened the doors of the church, it didn't all go away. It continued. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, well, there it is. But the transformation process was me seeing the faithfulness of God, me, uh, and, and Gene, I think would say the same, stepping out, our kids stepping out and seeing that he was providing the next step and the next step and the next step. And it certainly wasn't all laid out. It was all just sort of one step at a time. And now I can look back and it's a beautiful story, right? But at the time it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. And so, you know, I think that that would be a significant one. You know, it's, I've shared with you guys that that this last year was a lot of loss in my life. Like I lost my brother, Scott, he died back in the spring. And then my dad died in December. And the evidence of transformation for me was when Jeannie's dad died, over 15, almost 16 years ago, that sparked a massive crisis of faith for me because it was, 
it just broke every rule that I thought God had agreed to about, you know, I'm doing all these good things for you. You'll keep doing good things for me. Right. And then when this happens, when this person that I love so much dies, it threw me into about a year and a half, probably spiral of just like, wait, does any of this, does any of this work? Is any of this fit anymore? Um, and it was, it was, I had to be discipled. I had to be, someone had to walk me through a process of transformation to see that God still can be good in the, in the midst of things that are, we'd call bad or that I wouldn't choose or in the midst of grief or in the midst of loss that, that he's actually far bigger than the little box that I'd put him in S- to the point that when I lost my brother, Scott, and I lost my dad, while there's still a tremendous amount of grief and sadness and remembering and. I'm not the same person I was when I lost Gene's dad. Does that make sense? Like that's to me the evidence of transformation is that while I'm incredibly sad, I'd give anything to have my brother back and anything to have my dad back, anything to have Jeannie's brother back. Uh, I've walked through it significantly differently than mm-hmm. I did 15 years ago. So, you know, and I, cause I think God did a new work of expanding what was a, what was a, wine skin or a pair of jeans, you know, that just wouldn't fit for where he was taking me for the, all the complexities of life and loss and grief and all that comes in between that old view, that old God that I fashioned and formed for myself would not be enough for what was to come. So that's, I don't know, that's kind of the long answer to a short question. No, yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, and while you all were talking, I was thinking, you know, always social work key vibes. And I feel like we've talked about this in the church, but the stages of change model, like this also goes through the stages of change. Sometimes you're contemplating, then you go and you're like, I'm going to regress, then I'm going to come back. So I think that that all works together in terms of um, that, that there, there's a process. But what I hear in your story is like, you built endurance through the processes that you had experienced. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know God what I mean? formed something. Yeah. In me and it wasn't the flip of a switch. Yes. It wasn't like, Oh, right. cool. Now I know how to do that. That's, you know, got that, check that one off the list. It was a, pro- a significant process of transformation as all transformation I believe is. Yeah. And, and it builds on, it builds your yeah. strength and endurance as yeah, you for go the next along. Season, I for love the next that. Season. Yep, yeah. That's and right. that's encouraging as well. I think I want to shift to um, new believers engaging with, older believers is that all right if we shift there I know that sure. that's a <laughs> like a, a big go. shift because I I know as um we're navigating um new you're, where you're becoming new there's this external shift but things around you like you said John don't um may not change as quickly as you're changing your environment may stay the same Absolutely. or you may be it, a, does. it, it stays mm-hmm. the same so you might be engaging with um people who don't agree with what you're saying or or like the Pharisees, people who are stuck to a way of living. Mm -hmm. How would you all say you've navigated that um, as you went along on your faith journey? Um, It's a great question, Noel. So yeah, I think, I think that, you know, there are, there are sort of multifaceted, benefits and challenges that come with both. So for someone who's new to faith, who maybe has just started following Jesus, the upside is everything's new. And it's like, oh my gosh, this, this is happening. I'm, I am not the same person I was a year ago. Oh my gosh, I have such a different perspective on grace or on forgiveness or on generosity or like you can literally like, like the hash marks in the door frame, you know, when a kid's growing, like you can look and see those like boom, 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 boom. Oh my gosh, I'm really growing. That's incredible. And one of the challenges that comes with that is, you're exactly right, Noel. That, that doesn't mean that all 
automatically your world changes. There's still challenges. There's still habits, patterns, relationships that can easily uh, call you, lull you back into that old life, that old mm-hmm. way. No doubt about that. And it, it takes, you know, a tremendous amount of support and um, awareness to be able to, to, to know that and to discern that. Like, man, you know, this is not a healthy habit or this is not a healthy pattern or this person, this relationship isn't healthy. So I just need to be wise about my time with or my investment in them. So, and then I would say the exact same way for those who've been maybe walking with Jesus for a long time. The upside is you have years of experience. Mm -hmm. You have years of seasons, like we were just talking about, where you can look back and go, oh, the faithfulness of God. Okay. Okay. I got, you know, I I got some ammo here that I can, that can take into this battle because I've seen him do it before. The downside is, is that you can very quickly, very easily make your whole world uh, surrounded with people just like you. Mm, and you, yes. and you actually lose sight. You lose love for people who are far from God. Mm. I think this is fundamentally w- one of the great challenges of the Pharisees and Jesus. It serves mm-hmm. as one a, a, a great sort of, you know, um, thing for us to pay attention to, to to see ourselves in. You know, this is the older brother, younger brother, and the prodigal son. You know, yeah. that that it's very easy the longer you're with God to have that sort of perspective where you lose sight of or you lose love for people who are far from God. You lose even that first kind of crush love that you once had for God, you know, yeah. because you've been at it for so many seasons. And so that's something to be mindful and aware of too. You can become more judgmental, you mm-hmm. know, the, the yeah. longer, which is seems so backwards to me, but so many folks that I grew up around because I grew up in the church seemed more judgmental the more time they had in with God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. I think yeah. we should be actually more loving and we should be more open. And I could see it happening to me as well. So I think, you know, both come with their challenges and their, um, and their upsides or their benefits. What would you say, John? Yeah. I, I think about, to me, this is a teaching about s- challenging and stretching and even at times breaking or blowing up our existing categories. Yeah. And for, I think someone who's newer to faith who might not even have faith-based categories yet, but what we do have is we have other categories that have taken the place of that, you know, that are informed by culture, that are informed by our family, that are informed by something else other than faith. And so I think the challenge for the, the, the n- person who is newer to faith and newer to following Jesus is learning and inviting Jesus to blow up all of those categories as well. That there's not just, oh, I add this faith category to all of these yeah. other ones, it's that actually Jesus wants to uh, sort of, to use a very churchy word, indwell or be a part of every single category and inform and transform every single category. For someone who's a little more seasoned, I think the danger, and Jared, you were speaking to this, is we become very rigid. We have yeah. these yeah. W- right. these faith categories, but they become so rigid and we become more and more sure of ourselves and we masquerade that as faith we masquerade that as, you know, I'm, I'm really growing in my faith. I have a strong foundation. And really what we have is, is just a rigidity to the categories. And what these, this is where the Pharisees were. They were so rigid to the categories that they were existing in that they were actually blind to the, the good news that had shown up, the thing they'd been waiting for. And so, yeah, I think the challenge is there for, for everyone, but it, it manifests itself in sort of different ways. 
Yeah, can I actually share a story that I was thinking about? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I grew up in church as well, and when I went to my Christian college, I got, you know, had Theology 101, so I learned a little bit um, more understanding of the Bible, even though I, I was struggling to read a little bit earlier. But not uh, true. Not <laughs> just true. kidding. Not it's true. a joke. Um, but, yeah, so I when I went back to my home church, I was kind of getting upset that, you know, they were making me wear a skirt for services and they were you know saying that you know my modesty oh you need to be a little bit more modest Noel I was like well is this what it's all about like I felt a little like Martin Luther no it's about the relationship with Jesus it's about (laughs) you know it's not about what I'm wearing that doesn't matter it's about you know my internal shift I'm changing I'm learning more um and I I kind of built some resentment um because I felt like they were trying to put me in this box and that I couldn't be um who I was in Christ because they wanted me to lean into their cultural norms that I didn't necessarily think impacted my um, walk with Christ, but it was some, it was their patterns that they were holding on to. And I had a conversation with friends, but also my mother, cause I, I love to have those intergenerational conversations. I think you learn a lot, like, you know, Jared's very old. And so I learned wow. a lot from wow. him and the conversations we have here. Wow. <laughs> she slipped that in there. <laughs> I'm shots are fired and don't think I forget about the first 20 minutes y'all okay but either way I had a conversation with my mom she said just these simple words um don't become uh what you quote-unquote hate you know by me judging them I become for judging you for judging me Mm -hmm. then I become the juror you know like I, I think that that you can easily slip into this I'm going to judge them because I'm doing the way that God wants me to do. When everyone, I think what I found grace for is like, they're all just trying to figure it out. And they hold on to these patterns because they really believed that, or they believe, or they have seen God works in these patterns. And so I think that we're all trying to, you know, um, do what God is calling us to do. That's for believers who, you know, wear skirts only or who, you know, think that women should be in, shouldn't be in leadership in some areas, or it's also for us who wear holes in our pants <laughs> and, but also <laughs> sing, you know, worship songs. It's like, we're all trying to figure it out. And I think before we mm, judge or become what we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, we should step back and be like, well, what's God really just calling me to like in this moment or how can I show grace to them as well? Yeah. yeah, you spoke to that really well in the teaching, Jarrett, of this idea yeah. that it doesn't mean that all of the old ways are bad. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they all are com- should be completely thrown out. And, the, you know, yes. the, the old ways of the Pharisees, the reason that they were fasting was they, what they wanted themselves to be prepared right. for when the Messiah, this Savior, was going to come to the Jewish people. Problem is, they became so obsessed with preparing themselves that, that they, they missed, missed it, it when it actually came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I, yeah, I was saying, like, just because those those old pants that I wore when I was 10 don't fit me anymore. It doesn't mean that I hate all pants. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that's overly simplistic. It doesn't mean that I, you know, never wear pants again because the pants that used to work don't work anymore. And I know, I know that there are, there are um, hurtful, harmful contexts in yes. which we grew up, hurtful, harmful churches, um, spiritually manipulative, spiritually abusive mm-hmm. leaders. We have abusive parents, teachers. So I, I, I get yeah. that. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, folks, you know, who look back on what served them once with judgment mm. or look down on someone who maybe is 
new to a relationship with Jesus, I'm like, oh yeah, they're just that, you know, yeah. forgetting that they once were that too. Yes. And, and I think if we can hold a little more grace for ourselves and for what we could handle when we could handle it and what served us when we needed it, um, we might have a greater appreciation of uh, the work that God's doing in us and the work he's doing in others and for just others in general. Yeah. So I have, I have another question and I have a confession beforehand. Whoa. So oh. I have Whoa. I have an inner <laughs> I have an inner Pharisee. He lives sure. he lives within me. Sure. Um he probably has a really nice Jewish name. Sure, sure. And <laughs> so when I whenever I hear a teaching or whenever I'm crafting a teaching, he pops up mm. and he will ask challenging questions of me. And one question that my inner Pharisee brought up when I was listening t- to you talk today about this idea of stepping into the new ways and, you know, uh, new days need new ways. The inner Pharisee asked, um, how do we not get carried away with new ways? Mm-hmm. How do we not just like venture so far down the path that we lose any sight of where we came from? You know, how, how do we not, or, or can we? Like, how, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. How do we not get carried away? That's good. Or well, can we get carried away? Mm-hmm. Sure. You can with anything. And, I, and, I, and so especially, certainly you can with God and with your spiritual life. I mean, this is, this is fundamentally, I think, um, hardwired into us as humans is that we are always looking for something new. Even as, you know, we're, we're holding both at the same times. We want that old familiar thing. We, you know, I mean, th- there is. There's like this totally um, disproportionately delusional nostalgia we have for what was mm. you know that when people talk about making america great again it's like well when for who what is, what is that Do you know, hit, no, like legitimately like yeah, what is you're okay, right. you're saying it but what when and for mm-hmm. who and what was that do yes. you were you were you, was it really like you know mm-hmm. so so yeah. we hold that at the same time though we're also obsessed with new we're also obsessed with the newest fad the newest thing the newest diet the newest whatever and this is this is true in you know any sort of spiritual practice. I mean, there, you know, in, in mindfulness, it's what's, okay, what's the new meditation? What's the new app? Have you read this? Have you read this new book? It's always, there's always a new book. There's always another retreat. You know, there's always a, a new guru or whatever. And it can, again, it can be anything. And especially for Christians can do the same too. I want to, oh, what's the new practice? Oh, it, you know, for a while it was, you know, this, and now it's this. And what's the new worship sound? What's the new worship song. If I could just get something new, then maybe I can feel new. So yeah, I think in the same way that the Pharisees had become so short-sighted by obsessing on all of the things that were meant to prepare them for Jesus, I think we can become obsessed with new things to help us connect to God and misconnecting to God in the process. We end up worshiping or pursuing whatever the next new thing is. If I could just, uh, you know, teach, I don't like that last church. I didn't like the teacher. I need to find a new teacher. I need to find a new pastor. I don't like the way they do music. I need a place that does music differently or I don't, whatever it is, we can just become obsessed with chasing down or following a new thing. And, and I think if anything that I am pursuing, that is, you know, the, the, I think the first litmus test is, is this something God's leading me to? I think that's Mm -hmm. the big difference Mm -hmm. is, is, is God leading me? Is this Jesus leading me to a new thing? Remember you asked about those moments in my life and I said, they're almost always preceded with fear that's how you know he's leading you to a new thing because you're usually scared of it or resistant to it. And so if, if he is leading me to this new thing, this maybe it's a deeper level of faith or maybe it's a deeper level of worship or a deeper level of 
generosity or deeper level, deeper level of service to others. Well, I, I'm not going to get lost following his lead. Mm-hmm. But if I become obsessed with chasing down new things and all those things that I keep going after aren't pointing me back to Jesus, mm-hmm. then I then I could get easily lost. And I would I'm just for me personally I'm I come from a little more generous orthodoxy if it's new and different or new to you but it points you to the point is Jesus I'm yeah we'll see maybe God's in that maybe that maybe that is a way for you to have your inner life and your outer life be expanded a little bit more you know even if it's not the tradition you grew up with even that just tradition you know we have these traditions of our faith and it's like I get it. They're to remind us. They're to be about the core. But how long is it till our traditions? I mean, about wearing dresses in church. Where, yeah. Like how long until we start worshiping the traditions? We start worshiping the old ways, that old time religion, and completely miss the point of it all. So even if it's new or familiar, but the point of it is to point you to Jesus, then, then I think I'm open. I, I'm I'm interested. Yeah. You remind me of it. Reminds me of uh, the Apostle Paul writing in first Corinthians is almost all about rather than the Pharisees that were so entrenched in old ways, the Corinthian church was getting all caught up in these new sort of like Greek informed ways, Greco Roman informed ways. And Paul's like, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. Are these kind of new practices, are they actually leading you to be transformed to be more like Jesus? As far as my reports say, no, you know, so let, let's maybe cool it on those a little bit. So I think that's a, that's a good example of, you know, after Jesus, we see people getting caught up in these new trends, you know, and not new for new sake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's great. Um, I think our conversation today gave people some practical ways to just reevaluate, like, what am I doing? What is God calling me to Am I someone who may lean towards more traditional um, ways of religion or my relationship with God? That that kind of grounds me. But then also we have our new believers who are trying to say, okay, I don't want to put, um, oh, let me make sure I get this right. Uh, I don't want to put old shrunken cloth on my new jeans. Reverse. Oh, jeans on my. Nope. <laughs> put jeans on your patch. <laughs> patch on my jeans. You don't want to put new, yeah, a I, new I'm patch need on those old jeans. I'm going to do a, a, you know, you, y'all we feel me. do it right now because you have those, those. I do have holes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and but but new John, new patch on my right. old jeans. You got it. That's it. Amen. So, that's right. yeah. So I, I think that people can really walk away with something today. And, and this is, again, I don't, it's not about judging you like, oh, you're not doing it the right way or you're, it's just about here's some practical tips to walk you through your relationship with God. And I really appreciate both of you sharing that. Yeah. And I, I'll, you know, I want to make sure I give the caveat that some of the, the new ways that God has used to, to connect me to him. This is what, I mean, this is what's so crazy, right? A lot of them are old practices, mm-hmm. right? They're old ancient practices that have been forgotten or abandoned by the modern church. Silence, you know, meditation, Lectio Divina, reflecting on a passage and letting the Spirit speak through a word or a phrase. Um, even retreat, even actual silent retreat. These are things that have been a part of the Christian experience for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so, you know, I think even even a new thing can be an old thing. You know, mm-hmm. a new, a new yeah. way of, of connecting to and finding Jesus can come from in old ways. Because, again, it's not about old is bad, new is good it, at all. That's, like, not even what we're talking about at, at all here. It's just any the, – the, the reality is is that Jesus is, I believe, always wanting to do 
a new thing in you. He is yeah. always at work to renew, to restore you. And so that question becomes incredibly important. What's the new that Jesus wants to do in me? What is the new thing that he's trying to do in me? Because I believe he loves you too much to let you stay stuck, to let you stay the same, to let you fall into habits, lifeless habits and patterns that don't serve you or ultimately connect you to him. So I think that's, yeah, that's a great question is what's the new thing? Is there a new thing? And sometimes there will be like a patch, an external thing that will, you know, help me experience that new. Sometimes it'll be an internal thing, just a transformation of my heart, of my mind, of the way that I see Jesus that will help lead to that. But I think that's a, that's an incredibly important question to keep walking around with is what's the new that, that Jesus wants to do in me? Yeah, no, I think that's great. Thank you so much, Jared, for bringing your wisdom and courage to this Mm. platform today. You see how I I felt? (laughs) Yeah, thank you. You brought it back. And age, apparently, too. Oh, Uh well, wisdom, you know. How did we not make fun of John enough in this episode? I feel like we both dropped the ball. I'm so sorry, John. I was trying to wrap it up. I'm sorry we didn't make fun of you more. It's fine. I don't really feel seen. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You don't feel seen until we make fun of you? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Ankles out. Uh, well, he's not the only one. Though. Oh, that's that. It's Soul negative City swag. five out right uh, now. Right. We're still not wearing socks. Y'all know how uh, your people do, you know, shorts in the winter and whatnot. Uh, but, no. you know, I'll pray for you. You're still thank on my you. heart. Thank you. And I want to say thank you to Julian, a.k.a. Juji, who's just an amazing, phenomenal producer. We just love you and appreciate you so much. And I want to thank you, um, listener, or maybe listeners. It could today. be up to listeners. It, it may be point. listeners, which is just two that's people. Right, so I right. think that's awesome. We thank you for um, tuning in today. Absolutely. And make sure, as always, you subscribe. As Jarrett said, uh, smash the subscribe button. I did say that right? church today. Yeah, <laughs> Man, you were very important. Just like dropping yourself into Gen Z right there. Yeah. Let's go. Smash that subscribe button. Yeah, for sure. And make sure to leave a review. That really helps uh, more people find uh, find find this podcast and hopefully be transformed by it and i'll make it i'll make a third ask tell a friend oh nice. Okay. like okay. word of mouth is not dead no right in fact, some would say it's the best way some would say perhaps mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so yeah tell a friend if there's a friend that you think would uh be intrigued by this podcast maybe this episode specifically share it with them you know we're always i'm always listening or wanting new things to listen to uh yeah and that's all we have for you this week as we always close out Pastor Jarrett, hmm? will you finish this up? <laughs> mm. Well, I would love to. I mean, we'll say the benediction. You said it today in church. I, I did. I loved it. You did it better than I ever Do did. something. Do something new. Do Somebody something new. say something. My Somebody God. say something <laughs> to end this thing. Man, so, say something new. Well, uh, ancient and timeless God, do a new work in me and in us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. For more from Soul City, including teaching, giving information, or to join us for any of our weekend gatherings, visit our website, soulcitychurch.com.